So do we have a cold open topic? Well, we've got yeah, we've got to ask Danny some questions. Oh, that's yeah. right. Well, then. Uh, Okay. Questions I have not prepared her for. Oh <laughs> Lord, <laughs> they're they're real simple and rudimentary questions. Oh okay. And we only do it to the people the first time they come on. So, that... hey, if you need a second to think about, it, think about some movies that uh, influenced you or impacted you <laughs> in your childhood or something. Mm, okay. But until then. We're going to kick this off with an awkward intro. Hello. Hello. I am Zach. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of more stilted than awkward. <laughs> make it awkward. <laughs> uh, how's everyone? How's everyone doing? How's your movie watching going? Uh, had a good Fantastic. movie watching week. I did not. Oh no! Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I only got the one movie in this week. No, it was just a tough time this week. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here with us, and maybe we can tickle you and bring some giggles. Yeah, I like <laughs> a little a little slap and tickle. <laughs> there you go. Wait, tickle and giggle. Whatever you said. <laughs> there's 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 words and ands in there somewhere i'm sure exactly yeah oh i'm i'm sorry i didn't realize uh somebody else is here with us I'm, i apologize paul um i guess i shouldn't be tickling with a guest here <laughs> oh she's she's not here to shame anyone's kinks i'm sure hooray <laughs> i'm here for it excellent well proceed uh, <laughs> we are talking inside out this week and helping us talk inside out is friend of the podcast, Danny Delgatos. How are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Welcome. Thanks. So Happy excited. to be here. We're excited to have you and we're excited to harass you with some questions as we do all of our guests. Very exciting. All right. So we are, as I said, we are covering... The 2015 uh, Best Animated Feature winner, Inside Out. The question for you, Danny, is in 2015, if you don't mind telling us, how old were you and what are your memories of the time? Oh, <laughs> that was a dark time in my life. <laughs> you do, you no, don't have seriously. to go into any detail. You don't <laughs> Um, no, it's fine. Let's see. How old was I? I, I was 32. Yeah. No, yeah. I turned 32 that year. And, um, actually like I specifically remember <laughs> that's why it was part of the reason why inside out actually had such a major effect on me. It was because I was going through such a dark time in my life. I was not in a great marriage and I was, kind of feeling trapped and dealing with a lot of stuff. And I don't know, there was just something about that movie that really clicked for me. Um, and, you know, I met a couple of friends or new friends who really helped me through that time. So, you know, and I was really unhappy with my job. I was a teacher, so on and so forth. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it was just, it was not a great year. I look back on 2015 as, as being a kind of a low point, but, you know, there were, there were some good good spots in there too um looking back but, but yeah i specifically remember going to see inside out in the theater and like bawling my eyes out at multiple points <laughs> <laughs> during the movie because i was like oh my god this is so real um yeah yeah sorry i'm not trying to be a downer but that's no that's no just the way no it is. thank you <laughs> we we've gone to some pretty dark places over the show so yeah my well yeah. welcome to the club yeah Thanks. my 2015 was not quite so bad for me i i lost a job that year though and i was pretty mm. upset about that for a while but thankfully uh we rise up and do what we can to end up finding that job like behind the sink you lost it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was laid <laughs> off so i laid in my bed <laughs> and i found the job that i have now by the end of the year so Hey, hey, there you go. go. Look, I am. 
<laughs> now All that's right. going to be in my head. <laughs> to life, to life, like I am. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Danny, this yes. seems to have been a rather influential film on your adult life. Do you remember any informative films that help you get into film as a medium? Um, so I was definitely a Disney kid. <laughs> I was obsessed with Disney. Um, my dad was really into film and he was a producer um, for the family channel. Woo. Uh, and he, he produced commercials, which I know is not super exciting, but he was like obsessed with film. So he wouldn't let me watch a whole lot of things. So it's one of those weird things where if you go back to like the 80s and 90s, there's a bunch of movies that I haven't seen because um, I wasn't allowed to watch them. But I know of them and I get like most of the pop culture references. Um, but probably one of the biggest movies besides like the Disney movies, because Beauty and the Beast was like my absolute favorite movie when I was a kid. Like I was mm. obsessed with Belle. Um, I love that movie. I remember actually my mom found it recently. Like we did like a little third grade newspaper. Um, and I wrote like this whole review about Beauty and the Beast and how it was the first animated picture to be nominated um, for best picture um, oh. at the Academy Awards. And, you know, like I was on this whole like thing about it, like, <laughs> hello, undiagnosed autism, <laughs> but there it is. Um, so yeah, like I was obsessed with that. Um, but the big, probably the biggest movie in my childhood that had a major influence on me was Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I yes. was obsessed with that movie. I, I have a Jurassic Park tattoo. <laughs> so yeah, that, that definitely was one of those movies that really sparked my interest in movies in general because it's just it's incredible it and it holds up so well so well landmark okay. mm -hmm. that's spielberg Phenomenal. you know he knows how to yes. make a movie <laughs> mm -hmm. awesome so, yeah. all right and our final question for you mm -hmm. the most important question asked of any human being ever <laughs> have you seen it and what do you think of the 2022 masterpiece that is clifford the big red dog <laughs> I have not watched that movie. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's a masterpiece. It is I, very it, sweet. Yeah. I mean, I can put that on the list. I would. Yeah. It'll, it'll go on a list and probably never get watched. Sorry. <laughs> I'm one of those people that people are like, oh, yeah, you got to watch this movie. This movie is so fucking awesome. You got to check this out. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I'll forget. And then. I just watch the same shit over and over again. So <laughs> I love oh, I love comfort movies. Yeah, like I'm I'm real big on on comfort movies and comfort shows. My my big problem is new movies are my comfort movies. Mm. I wish I had that. Pro I mean, like I wish that was my way of getting comfort is watching new things. But it's there's just something so nice about watching the things that you know. Yeah. Because there's not the stress involved with like what's going to happen and right. you know things like that. But it's like when I do see, because um, you were talking a little bit ago about um, everything everywhere all at once, like that movie blew my mind. Like that was a movie to me, like in the same vein of Inside Out as just being such a mind blowing movie, but like also something that I deeply um, identified with and connected to. So yeah, every once in a while I'll see a new movie and be like, Whoa. Um, <laughs> and have my mind blown. I'll be like, yeah, I should really watch more movies. And then I just go back to watching the same yeah. shit over and over again. So, yeah, yeah. But, but, but what's nice <laughs> is every now and again, when you have to, you know, talk yourself into watching a new movie, then that movie usually becomes a comfort movie. Yeah, exactly. Although, for some reason, like, I bought everything everywhere all at once. Like, the day that it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it. And I rarely buy movies on Blu-ray anymore. So that tells you, like, how meaningful that movie was to me. And yeah. I haven't watched it. Because yeah. I've been waiting. Because I had a bunch of people, a bunch of friends who were like, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, come over and watch it. And then it mm -hmm. just never happened. So, And for some reason, I just haven't watched it either. Like, I don't know. I just need to... Yeah. Get it out of the get it out of the case and watch it. I'm trying to decide if I want to buy a copy of the Blu-ray or if I really want to hold out to see if the Criterion Collection is going to put it in. Because mm. mm. it, it's an A24 film, so it has the potential of getting in there because they're not they're they're good with sharing their rights. <clears throat> yeah. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well. Do you guys want to talk about a movie? Let's talk, talk about, about a movie. movie. 
all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Wortman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And I'm Danny Delgatos. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Rusty Podcast show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history. Try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what are we watching this week, Zach? Well, as one witty person on the internet once said, Pixar asked, what if toys had feelings? Then they asked, what if animals had feelings? Then they asked, what if cars had feelings? And then they said, what if feelings had feelings? We're watching Inside Out. Excellent. And is this everybody's first time seeing Inside Out? No. 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 No for me. Uh, does anybody remember the first time they did? I know, Danny, you gave us a little rundown in the opening. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan, Zach, do you remember your first time? Saw it in theaters. I did not get to see this in theaters, but I did see it as soon as it was out on Blu-ray. No, I did see this in theaters. And that's how exciting my story is. Yay! <laughs> I specifically remember I was sitting next to you because like, I was seeing it at a, um, like an advanced screening. And so it was packed out. Oh. And there was a little girl sitting next to me. She must have been like six or seven years old. And, you know, she was giggling and laughing through the whole movie. And then at certain parts where I was like bawling, bawling my eyes out, she would just look over at me like... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening right now like she was very concerned <laughs> i was just like i'm sorry yes <laughs> don't mind me because i hate crying in movie theaters like i will i will sit there and just be like gripping on to the, to the armrest be like don't do it don't do it but I, I couldn't i couldn't stop myself so that little girl i probably scarred her for life she's probably like oh my god what is wrong with this woman um so yeah that that was very memorable for me and then when i was leaving the theater with my friend I was just like, oh, my God, this is the best Pixar movie ever. <laughs> well, that girl's yeah. probably a teenager now and finally gets it. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully she, I mean, yeah, she, she probably gets it now. Yeah, probably. Society, it's no good. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks all the time. Why is that? All right. Well, think, speaking of things sucking, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Uh, uh, all right, so best animated feature film Inside Out, giving Pete Doctor and Jonas Rivera Academy Awards. It beats out Anomalisa, Boy in the World, Sean the Sheep movie, and When Marnie Was There. Uh, extra category awards. The only one we get this year is Inside Out gets nominated for best original screenplay, which it loses to Spotlight film i believe we all enjoyed as much as you can enjoy mm-hmm. but i don't know if enjoy was the word to be used. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy is not, not the word <laughs> that's a movie you experience mm-hmm. uh it's a movie you appreciated yeah <laughs> so hard to say that this should have won but we'll discuss that more yeah um but that's our oscar breakdown all right well let's Thank talk you, about this movie this this, movie. Uh, this collection of NBC stars. <laughs> <laughs> and Lewis Black. And Lewis Black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to be real honest. When I found out Lewis Black, because I didn't really know much about this movie going into it, but when I saw Lewis Black was in the cast, I was like, oh, fuck yes. Because yeah. Lewis Black was like one of my formative uh, stand-up comedians as a teenager, so yep. I was very excited. I, I used <laughs> to love Back in Black on The Daily Show, like, back was, in like the Craig Kilborn days. Like, I was going to say, yes. he's, he's the one Daily Show correspondent that's so good, he has to be there for every generation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love Lewis Black, even though he almost... Um, Made my wife have a miscarriage. Oh God! What? So, um, I think it was. Is it Black on Broadway, or, or he has one album that I think he's on Broadway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Caitlin was pregnant with our first child, and we were listening to it, and she was laughing so hard that she said, "Oh, I'm going to pee myself. I have to go to the bathroom." You know, because when you're pregnant, you're very Pushing on the bladder there. She got up and tripped over something, fell on her stomach. Oh God. <laughs> we had to go to the we had to go to the emergency room. 
Jesus, fuck. <laughs> a lot of pain. So to this day, we always say, <laughs> shake our fist at Lewis Black. But she, the baby was fine. She was fine. So it's all good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that had a happy ending. Yes. <laughs> I was really, really nervous there for a second. I just thought I'd throw that out for, for fun. Actually, I got to meet Lewis Black for like two seconds. Uh, I went to, when I lived in Columbus, I went to um, his show there and I stood in this long ass line to uh, get an autograph and I took a picture with him and I'm glad that this picture no longer exists because this is like the most unhinged picture of me that exists (laughs) (laughs) in history. Because like I, he was sitting at a table and so like I kind of like you know, crouch down next to him. Uh-huh. And so I'm looking up. And so like, I don't really have a neck <laughs> in the picture. And I was just like, ah! like my teeth were like huge. <laughs> my eyes were huge. Like I looked like a caricature of myself, like a psychotic caricature, like kind of like the, uh, the one girl, <laughs> the one meme where she's like, um, and now I can't remember the meme, but you know, the one with like the crazy psychotic girl, she's like, ah! like, that's oh, what the, I looked the, yeah. like. Yeah. Overly attached girlfriend or whatever. Yes, the overly attached girlfriend. That's what I look like <laughs> sitting next to Lewis Black. And that was like my – I put it on my MySpace because like, I was joking myself like, oh, my God, I look – I look ridiculous. Like I'm surprised security didn't drag me away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, I lost that picture when I deleted my MySpace. I was like, oh, darn. But yeah, I'm glad that picture doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's very embarrassing. All our MySpace memories lost to the wind. Sure, they're somewhere in the code. They are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I still have mine. You still have a MySpace? I think like, I never deleted it, so I don't go to it anymore. But I think I still have a GeoCity somewhere. <laughs> oh, I still got some Angel Fire websites. <laughs> like, yeah, like there's a live journal out there. Too. I have. I still have a live journal. It's still out there. Me I haven't too. updated it in like 20 years, but yeah, yeah. Just never delete it. I'm curious <laughs> on what that MySpace song I have going right now. <laughs> I, sure. uh, yeah, when they give you the option to like save your MySpace, I did it, but I mean, I don't think it looks the same or it's like the data is there. Yeah. I, ne- yeah. I never had a MySpace, so too cool oh, for that. Really, Would you have a Zanga? Really <laughs> I, I just, I didn't use social media until my friend Courtney got pregnant with her first kid. Mm. And I was like, well, I guess I'm getting social media so I can look at pictures of your child. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for knowing me for 20 years, I guess. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. But yeah, NBC cast, Lewis Black. NBC cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amy Poehler, who, God, I love her so much. I'd, I'd watch her in literally anything. Gee, oh, really? Yeah? <laughs> literally anything? <laughs> yeah, literally anything. Why? Yeah? No. No, I'm not taking the bait, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's on his list. No, it's not. You know what? Fuck it. He doesn't deserve Parks and Rec. What's that? Wait, how can you say that you would watch Amy Poehler in anything and you haven't watched Parks and Rec? That's, that she's in that? The, 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 that's what he's doing. See, you took the bait. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know she did. It's, it is 100% a show he would absolutely love, but... Everybody's just, ruined it for him now. He'll yeah. he'll watch it and he'll yeah. be like, I hate this because... Now that I know Amy Poehler's in it, I'm going to move it up the list right above uh, season three of The Deadliest Catch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, just yeah. so you know, season three is above seasons two and one of The Deadliest Catch. So. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I, I've heard... Absolutely nothing about that show. I was going to try to lie. But no. <laughs> uh, anyway. So okay. about this movie. So movie. Like a, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. I like it. I like Inside Out. It's um, it's a thinker. Or at the very least, it's a... Um, a feeler. A, a lo- it's a feeler. It's a <laughs> lot of uh, thinking on the inside. Like a lot of, oh, damn, they went there. It's a, or it's very, I know what you're it's doing. A, it's a very vibey movie. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I just kind of... I hate the character Joy. Yes. I think you're supposed to. But I think you're, you're supposed, supposed to. to. You're really yeah, okay. supposed to. Because I really love sadness. Sadness like, is the hero of the movie. And, Literally and, the hero. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that. I just, I I hate cloying people. Like, just those overly, like, if you are going to be happy attitude person working at McDonald's at 8 o'clock in the morning, I will purposefully avoid going to McDonald's at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that shit. 
I'm sorry. I'm happy that you're happy, but I need you to understand that I'm not. And I need you to be at my level of energy. (laughs) I used to be that person and I've worked hard not to be, uh, I used to be the person to be like, oh, just be happy. I, you know, you could choose to be because I didn't understand that you couldn't just choose to be happy. Well, and yeah. and all right, well, here we go. Uh, that's why film this film exists because mm-hmm. that's how we are in this fucking country. Is you just need to be happy. You just need to choose mm-hmm. to be happy. You need to be strong all the time, and mm-hmm. you know, having any other emotion other than strength and happy is not good. So this film comes mm-hmm. along, and it's like. Hey, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, the first time I watched it, uh, second our second child had just been born. So watching it now, as they're all older and enough to old enough to watch the movie with me, and they're picking up on all the little emotional beats. And that that really enriched the movie even more for me. Um, <clears throat> because they were they were like worried about sadness touching the memories and stuff and and what was happening because of sadness, but then they learned watching them work together and they, they, they were getting it. And I was really, I was really feeling that. Yeah. yeah. Having Owen ask a lot of questions during this movie really enhanced the experience of a film that I already knew I loved. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so we watched this with my little one and she spent a good portion of the movie going, the movie's sad. I'm going, Aww. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, might be a little bit over your head, but that's okay. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty advanced, actually. I, I think, <laughs> right? Well, so good right. on her. Yeah, I actually, I um, immediately the next school year, I used because you know the first week of school, kids are coming in and out of class. Like you have people transferring in, dropping classes, so on and so forth. So it's kind of hectic. You don't want to like really start getting into like hardcore assignments yet. And so like my first week of school, I always had kind of like introductory type assignments that I would have them do. And I incorporated Inside Out into one of those assignments kind of as like a emotional profile for them and like using the little characters um, to help them, you know, describe like what they do. Or like what makes them feel joy? What makes them feel sadness? What makes them feel anger? Um, how do they behave or how do they act when they feel those ways? And like trying to get them to, because I taught ninth grade English. So let me say that. Because <laughs> you would think like, oh, that might be a little elementary for um, ninth graders. But really not, especially in our culture where we don't really um, teach a whole lot of emotional intelligence, unfortunately. Um, and the kids usually like that assignment a lot because it gave him a chance to kind of talk about some things. And uh, that's, that's one of the things I really love about the movie overall is just how it works on so many different levels. Um, Because like my stepson, he's, um, he's autistic. And in his class, they use, they've watched inside out like two or three times in that class and he loves the movie and they use the characters to help them identify their zones of regulation. You know, am I fearful right now? Am I sad right now? Am I angry right now? Which kind of backfires because like, for example, my stepson loves anger. So no matter what mood he's in, he's like, I'm, I'm anger. (laughs) So (laughs) he's just like always putting anger on his face um, because that's his favorite character. So in that way, it kind of backfires, but But still, like, you know, it works for you can start to uh, you can start to teach emotions to young kids. You can get older kids into it. Um, And then, like, I actually my last semester teaching, um, I had an opportunity to um, step in for the IB theory of knowledge teacher um, because she had a stroke and I had to step in and and help out. And um, one of the first assignments she gives these kids is watching the movie and having like this really interesting uh, discussion about the movie because the whole point of the class is basically like a philosophy course. Um, and you know, you're talking about what it means to know something and the different ways of knowing and connecting emotions with how it affects how we know things. And um, she would have them do like these mind maps kind of in the, in the uh, same vein of like identifying your five core emotions um, your five core memories that kind of shape who you are as a person, um, your personality islands. Um, she did all of that kind of stuff. And it was just amazing to see um, the posters that these kids created. It was 
it was amazing. Yeah. I was just like, wow. wow. So like just to <laughs> see like all the different levels that that movie can be incorporated into education, I just think is, is amazing. And, you know, here it is, what, eight years later and people are still using that movie. So I yeah. think it really shows just how well-crafted that movie really is and how special yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've continuously called this, I think the most important piece of children's media that's existed in decades. I can get behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it might not be my favorite, but I do think that this, like it has a lot to say uh, mm-hmm. about personal grief. And again, just how emotions are a spectrum that we need all of them. Cause mm-hmm. You know, even even in like the opening montages when they're showing the different emotions controlling Riley at the time, how I'm going to freeze. I'm going to freeze like that. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's she's running with the wagon and she comes to a stop before she trips over a, a, a cord. And it's like, hey, look, fear, fear keeps us safe. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it isn't just being afraid. It's, oh, you know, it, it, it regulates decisions on how to keep yourself safe. Like it, it's such an interesting. And as, as you said, emotionally intelligent film Yeah, that it should be taught. It should be taught by everybody at, at every stage of life. It, it needs to be constantly kept in your consciousness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think um, like, you know, the, the islands and everything inside uh, is so brilliantly realized. It's such uh, even just down to like the, the, um, maintenance people or whatever tossing up the the chewing gum jingle just <laughs> oh God. that, that was probably one of the best running jokes that i've seen yeah. in a time. <laughs> when it when it pops up in someone else's head later in the movie is yeah. the best callback of the entire film <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think um as far as like moments within the movie specifically uh one of the most important is probably the bing bong and sadness interaction when, you know, mm-hmm. joy can't yep. solve the problem. And then sadness sits down and listens, and empathizes. Cause you know, without sadness, you wouldn't have empathy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I agree with Paul saying this is one of the most important pieces of um, children's media. And that, I think that right there might be one of the most important moments because that was one of those moments where my kids were watching and they were just like quiet and watching what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. I have, um, I think, one or two minor criticisms of, of the movie for talking points. I think, you know, I don't necessarily think the movie needs to be longer. 95 minutes is good length, but I feel like maybe there's a little too much time spent with the feelings where we don't really get to feel like Riley is a full person because we're so invested in the feelings as characters. I'd like to see maybe if you added 10 minutes of the movie more with Riley. I, I don't know how, how sure. you would do that necessarily, but mm-hmm. that's really the only thing that I have a gripe with the film about. I could see that, but as I always say, wanting more of an already great movie is never really a problem for me. Mm. Where yeah. It's just kind of like you, I, I think the time we get with Riley is good. And I think the, the fact that we spend so much time with the feelings helps really round her out as a character more because, mm-hmm. uh, sure. because they are her and mm-hmm. you're watching this emotional struggle happen within her, this, this momentous change and everything's so metaphorical that you, you just map it onto her whenever you see her again. Mm-hmm. And so to just want more time with her as a person, I feel is a good problem to have. Yeah. Because it just mm-hmm. means that the writing is so good that you want to see more. And yeah, it, you should always want more movie. So here's something that I actually saw brought up that I hadn't thought about before is the fact that Riley has three female emotions and two male emotions. But when you go into other people's heads, like her mom's head, they're all women. When you go into her dad's head, they're all men. And some people were trying to read that as uh, Riley potentially being gender fluid. Um, and I think maybe that's a more recent interpretation. Like, I don't, I really don't think that 
they probably meant it to be that way. It's like, oh, well, we want to get Lewis Black and Bill Hader in here. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But I did think that was interesting to think about the fact that when you go into the other characters' heads, they're all, everyone else is all the same gender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of yeah. that's kind of interesting to think about. And I always kind of thought about the the sad part about how the mom's driving emotion is sadness. <laughs> is sadness. And the dad yeah. and, and the, the dad's, dad's driving anger. emotions anger. Yes. I'm like, okay, so that is very stereotypical. So and yeah. so uh, that's so cool. So my wife, we were talking about that. And she, I was, I brought that up the same thing. And she goes, yeah, the dad being angry. What about the dad being angry? I was like, that just feels like a stereotype. Yeah. Like it just, even though the dad in no way looks like an angry person, but it's just because the dad being the disciplinarian usually is going to be looked as the angry person. So I, I do uh, take note of that, but I also wonder if, if that's a permanent thing, because I mean, sadness was given a chance to drive for a while for Riley. So I wonder if, the we'll see and that's control a- changes because I mean he's upset with his job and everything, so maybe he's in an angry period of time. Well, yeah, so I think that was the whole point though, is because if you noticed with both the parents, they both had that larger console to where everybody was yeah. part of the console, but, but they were both there was the a main but they were in the center where yeah. if you saw Riley had the like the one person driving until she kind of had some emotional growth yeah, and then yeah. it, all that. Like when you cut mm-hmm. into her parents' heads, they're they're all stationary. They all yeah. have they they've all settled into their roles. They they they're not so manic. Whereas this is a child, and navigating yeah. your emotions is hard enough for most people. For children, it is very hard. Yeah. So they're still free and they're still wild, and they just take over like one at a time. Yeah. You, they're not. They're not sitting there at the console yeah. knowing what's going to happen. Meanwhile, the bus driver has all angers. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> I like the teacher one personally, of course. <laughs> yeah, my wife. <laughs> Did uh, anybody else watch the uh, Riley's first date? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Where <laughs> That was really uh, cute. The, I, I didn't the this week. The, the, the kid from the end of the movie comes back and... You know, takes Riley on what may or may not be a date. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I like how in his head is just nothing but a bunch of uh, dude bros. Skateboarding <laughs> yeah. and... <laughs> was there any additional spinoffs to this? I can't remember. I feel like there was a shorts or a TV. Well, show there was that, that one. Well, there is a sequel coming out next year, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that sequel though. Mm. I think I, 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 I heard, I had read that there was some uh, contract disputes because Amy Poehler was supposed to get a significant amount more money than everybody else. And everybody else uh, was like, uh, fuck that. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I remember Mindy calling wasn't going to be back. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be interested to see a sequel, but I'd like the sequel to be make this kind of a, uh, an anthology film. Sure. Where, mm-hmm. where I, I don't, I don't want Poehler back. I want completely new emotions team dealing with mm-hmm. a completely different person with a completely different situation. Oh, yeah. I wanted, so like when it first came out and I was thinking about the idea of a sequel, it was like, I want to see, you know, if we do continue with Riley, I want to see Riley uh, maybe as an older teenager or young adult and maybe dealing with depression or, you know, some kind of mental illness and, and how that like affects everything. And, you know, if she starts taking like antidepressants, like what that looks like in the brain, like, is it little like hup, hup, hup workers who come in and try to like rearrange <laughs> things or, you know, how, how does that look in, in the film? So I don't know that that's kind of what I wanted back when I first saw it, but now it's like, you know, so many years later and it's kind of interesting. I think, yeah, I would rather see a whole new cast of characters. I don't, I don't need to see Riley again. No offense, Riley. I like you as a character, but <laughs> I would like yeah, to see I, another another kid yeah, or another I, I think, set of emotions. I think Riley's story is told and, or, you know, this is, this is a, a pretty universal thing. Like that's my, my end to this film is that I am a military brat and I moved around a lot as a child. So like this really hit me. And by the time that my family finally settled down, we settled down in a military area. So I was mm-hmm. no longer moving, but all like I'd have two friends from middle school and then they're all gone. Like they all right. just yeah. disappeared. But mm. yeah. So 
so let's find another like real universal topic uh, to deal with and just pick a whole new cast of characters. I'd love that. Yeah, that would that would be that would be awesome. Even I mean, I don't know. I guess there have been other Pixar movies that deal with like grief and and death and things like that. So maybe not that, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, like mental illness would be an interesting thing <laughs> to cover. You know, because again, you see like, that, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest crossover, <laughs> like something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that right there is money. I think that would that would do a good. That would do good. <laughs> the the emotion center of a uh, Danny DeVito's character Martini. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, does anybody have any additional notes on this movie? Uh no other than our little game, but I was I was forgetting. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ratzenberger. Yeah. Yep. We're rating the performance of John Ratzenberger in this film, who was the uh the I don't know what they call them, little blobby helper yeah. that came in yeah, and yeah, installed yeah. the new the new the, console at the end of the That's movie. right. Yep. I think that was it was fine. It was like a B. Yeah. It wasn't uh, one of the super memorable ones, but it was okay. But he probably could have had a better role. Yeah, I'd say very mid-tier Ratzenberger in this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My my initial reaction was, man, they could have just had him play Bing Bong, but fuck, Richard Kind is so Jesus good yeah. as so Bing Bong. We, okay. we, we didn't even get into it, and I think it's okay that we don't get into it too much, but, like, <laughs> fucking A, Pixar, come on. <laughs> like, oh, the tears. Seriously? Like, because okay, that's the but... part, like, like, this movie hit on some really <laughs> serious topics. Like Paul said, it's a very metaphorical film, and you really didn't need to add any more forced emotion into this film. But no, you're going to kill fucking Bing Bong. What is your problem? <laughs> Fuck you, Pixar. <laughs> well, okay, so that was actually one of the um, discussion questions for the um, Theory of Knowledge class was, um, you know, basically the death of... Bing bong, you know, is that like, you know, as, as you get older, you kind of lose your imagination and, you know, is that a function of getting older or is that like a cultural thing where we kind of, as we get older, we kind of lose our imaginations because we're forced to, because, you know, we have to conform and, you know, capitalism, blah, 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 whatever. But (laughs) it's like, is that, is that a natural progression or is that like a cultural progression? See, so here's my thing, and this is just a personal, I don't think we ever do lose our imagination. We may not Mm -hmm. remember our imaginary friends, but I think that our imagination evolves as we get older. I think culture definitely does, but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, play with my Power Ranger toys like I used to. But, (laughs) you know, our imaginations take forms and things love art, usually, where it's Mm -hmm. musically or even just writing down words on a piece of paper. So I think, you know. That's why I wasn't a big fan of killing Bing Bong, mainly because he said he was kind of the mayor of Imagination Land. Right. I I I, I feel like I remember having imaginary friends as a kid, and I, I I I can remember some of their names. I guess is what you would call it. But you know, uh, maybe you know he's not even dead. He's just sad down there, laying there in, in squalor forever until somebody says, "Oh, no, here's you, a picture of you." Or did, did he? he he was fucking disappearing. He, he right. disappeared. That's, that's right. Yeah. He, did he got like snapped. He got yeah. disintegrated. <laughs> so I, I, I guess that's just like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of things came back from the death. Like the islands came back. Why couldn't Bing Bong come back? Like, but they were it, new islands. But they were. But, yeah, they were. <laughs> but they then you bring in a Bing Bong wearing a suit. Like make him actually the mayor of the new imagination land. He's CEO of imagination land now. Like that's that's our, that's our flash forward is we see Riley as an author and she's making children's stories about the tales of Bing Bong. Oh my God. I actually kind of love that. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, Maybe in the new film, we could see that kid reading that book and then, Oh my God. Then, then we could stick to the, what we already laid down. There you go. Like Riley still exists in this universe and she is a children's author. And that the, the mom's like, you sure you don't want to keep your copy of the tales of Bing Bong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. You know, though, like I know that's the part that everybody always cries at, but that was not the part where I cried the hardest. Like I, I definitely, that was the moment where I shed tears where I cried the hardest was at the end when 
um, you know, joy, or no, I guess that's not the end. What am I saying? The part where um, Joy realizes that before um, Riley could be happy that she was sad, and because she was sad, her her parents came to her and comforted her. Yeah. And you know, yeah. realizing the complexity of emotions, like, um, and again, that was another discussion question that came up in that class was, you know, um, does do your memories or do your emotions affect the way you remember things? Because you know, Joy wanted to think about that from way from her perspective that you know that was a happy moment, but right before that happened, it was sad. Like she. Yeah. Yeah. She was crying, and her parents came to comfort her, and then her friends came to comfort her, and then it became a happy memory. Um, so, you know, and I think, because uh, that also plays a lot into nostalgia, too. Like, when, when we get nostalgic over things, it's like, you know, we're thinking about the times we're happy, but now all of a sudden we're also sad, too, because these are things that are gone, and we're never going to get back the original, like the original Pizza Huts from the 90s. Like, I'm never going to get that smell <laughs> of pan pizza <laughs> baking in the kitchen and the red cups and the breadsticks with the Parmesan, like with the Parmesan on the red sauce. Like, you know, I'm never going to get that back because uh, and the that free, will never happen. The free bucket pizza. Yes, oh, my yes. little personal pan pizza because I read all the books. Like <laughs> that that's never coming back. And so like, you know, I can eat Pizza Hut now and be like <laughs> crying while I'm eating it because it's not the same. It's just a frozen disc that's been proofed in an oven. Like it's it's not it'll never be the same. So, you know, it's like there's a happy memory, but now I'm sad about it because I know it's something I'm never going to get back. Right. So that yeah. was actually that to me was the saddest part. And that's when I was crying was when she realized that, you know, sadness was such a huge component and such an important emotion that, you know, just because she thought like, you know, I'm the boss bitch around here, like I'm the one in charge. Like, no, you're not. Like sadness is just as important as you are. Yeah. And right. like, that's what hit me. See, and that's so. actually one of those things that I, I enjoy about the movie is a little bit just because, you know, some of the training that I've had where you've. Anger is is not a primary emotion. Anger is always a secondary emotion. So that's why you see anger and um, fear and what's the third? Disgust. 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 Yeah. As just like kind of like the backup to those two main because generally one of those two will lead to the other one. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely enjoyed that part. But again, that's me. Mm -hmm. delving uh, deeper well, I, into it like, it should be. <laughs> I feel like fear and disgust are like two very – similar emotions like I know that they're different but like a lot of times like when I was having my students you know identify what scared them or what disgusted them a lot of times it would be the same things like bugs yeah. <laughs> they would write bugs and their ways of reacting would be like crying or running away or screaming and it would be the same for both or throwing up that was a pretty common <laughs> yeah. reaction so I looked at uh, if you look at fear and disgust is actually two separate things where in the, uh, not yeah where in this one it's like fear is more of the personal where disgust is more of the social mm -hmm. kind yeah. of way of looking at them so it's like you're yeah they kind of are the same thing jealousy and judgment those. i guess kind of yeah 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 I'll, I'll say the thing that 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 hit me the hardest was uh riley coming back home after she oh. had almost run away yeah her just you know i know you want me to be happy but i'm i'm not and just that that emotional honesty that she finally gets to have mm -hmm. from these two parents who who are doing their best. I, mm -hmm. I, they don't mean any, any harm to her, but they're also not paying very much attention to her because they're cool. so busy with their, their new lives. Yeah. They're like, where's but our, happy they girl? validate those <laughs> feelings at the end is what makes yeah. it so perfect. Yeah. Like they don't go, yes. they don't just like, Hey honey, I understand it's sad, but they're like, no, you're right. This kind of does suck. I remember those good times too. Like, Oh my, that's Paul. I think is right. Like that's the part that I think hit me the hardest. But it is that that validating her feelings, like and being you like, and you are one hundred percent right. That and the idea and that blue and yellow core memory. Yeah, and the, yeah, and yeah. the idea that they probably would have validated them the, the the entire time. They just never gave her the opportunity to be emotionally honest with them because they kept, hey, you're you're being so brave and you're our happy girl and we love yeah. you so much. And the fact that she didn't want to disappoint them, yeah, mm -hmm. which was a huge sacrifice to herself emotionally, like it. Uh, so I'm good. I'm crying too much on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, we don't see that. All we see is. <laughs> yeah, your serious XM radio photo. <laughs> Sometimes it freezes, and you get different ones. One time, it was the back of the book photo. This is his. Yeah. 
Yeah. Catch Paul Workman on the Oscar Worthy Podcast, Sirius XM Radio. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm just glad you guys can't see me picking my nose over here. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll unfreeze and we'll catch you. <laughs> oh no! All right. Well, let's oh. go ahead. Nope. Oh. Sorry, I was going to say one more thing. Sorry. Oh, I for know. sure. No, absolutely. Please, please say whatever. You- I was going to say, like, stylistically, this movie, one of the things I really, really like about it from, like, a sensory standpoint, I love how textured the feelings are. Like, mm, how joy yes. kind of, like, radiates and she's, like, glowing. Why are they and, all felty, though? That I don't bugs know, the but, crap like, out of me. Why are they felt? So, okay, that bugs the crap out of you, but, like, I want to touch all of them. Like, I just want to, like... They're very muppety. They are. They are. But I like the way they're... I like the way they kind of look. I mean, they look velvety, but I mean, especially Joy, like she actually looks like her skin is moving. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's just so like, she so has so much energy. Like you can feel the energy just looking at her because she like glows Yeah, and her skin you, is moving. Do you want them to be all fleshy, Jonathan? No. I, I, just, <laughs> I look like David Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I want to see a Cronenberg version of this movie. Squelchy feelings. Squelch. <laughs> Squelch. I'm, I'm not against this. Yes. Yeah, that was the last thing I wanted real. to say about that. <laughs> well, let's get into our worsty judgments. All right. And Danny, we've got a couple of questions for you again. First one being, yeah. does this movie deserve best animated feature? Yes. Now, I'm, of course, not being objective at all, because truthfully, I haven't seen the other four. <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel like I feel like this is a good movie and it deserves it. Sure. Absolutely. Zach, does this movie deserve best animated feature? So I think this is a very strong category uh, and it was a pretty good year for uh, animated movies outside of this, too, because uh, I got to give a shout out to The Little Prince, which I think is amazing. And oh, good one. The Peanuts movie? You know, I'm just a Peanuts kind of guy, so shout out to that. I love um, that movie. And <laughs> I didn't love The Very Average Dinosaur. I think it's very average. <laughs> so I'm glad that wasn't nominated. But it's crazy they had two Pixar movies that same year. I, that's because uh, Good Dinosaur got held up and rewritten and re... Oh, yeah, that's right. Like thrown out and redone, and they just kind of pushed this one out to theaters very unceremoniously because they'd already lost so much money on it. Right. I probably should have re-rewritten it. <laughs> it's the Rango of Pixar movies. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so I didn't get a chance to watch Boy in the World, although that looks really good and interesting. I'm going to try to catch up on that. Uh, so I'll have to rank the others. Um and this is no disrespect because I believe Sean the Sheep movie is excellent, but it's my least uh, my least excellent of these others. So I'll say Sean the Sheep. And then when Marnie was there, is very good, uh, very kind of quiet and unassuming. <laughs> I watched for the first time finally Anomalisa, and that <laughs> Charlie Kaufman is just that guy for me. Uh, I there's so many little dumb things in that movie just that just made me laugh like you know paul posted the thing about the <laughs> cleveland cincinnati zoo, zoo. Oh, cincinnati. Yeah, cincinnati. Yeah, you're right um, it's zoo size <laughs> it's zoo size <laughs> then just all like in the background the constant things were like advertising the zoo or talking about the chili trying the chili um and when he checks into the hotel um the the receptionist is just like staring at him the whole time he's taught typing and for that <laughs> for some reason that was hilarious to me anyway I, I i feel like it's a it's not really a movie i recommend to many people because it's weird and it, it features doll sex um so there you go <laughs> very intimate doll very sex. intimate doll sex yes it's a touching <laughs> scene if you can get past the again the felt kind of skin things <laughs> but yeah I, I i really enjoyed that so uh, but yeah, in it, to in the end, Inside Out definitely deserved it. I think it's excellent. Um, yes. All right. Um, <coughs> it's going to be kind of short because I was only able to watch that movie this week. <laughs> um, I have seen Shaun of the Sheep. It's okay. I like it. It's it's okay. Mm. But 
I do think uh, Inside Out does deserve it. I was looking through all of 2015 animated movies, and I have gone up and down this freaking list, and I cannot see anything I was a fan of. But I have also not seen the Peanuts movie because I have never been a Peanuts fan. So I guess Christmas I can't. Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I I think just 2015 is kind of a dud for me outside of this movie, and I love it. So yes, I think it does deserve it. Paul, do you think it deserves best animated feature? All right. So ranking the other ones, I also didn't get to watch Boy in the World this week. It just kind of a weird week. I was at work a lot longer than I wanted to be most days. Uh, so I didn't get to watch much outside of the few films I did get to watch for the podcast. And with that. Uh, the other three I did get to watch. Anomalies is my bottom of the three. It, it's nice and it's sweet. I don't like the ending, but other than that, I, I think it's a, a cute little movie. I, it's not my least favorite Charlie Kaufman, but it's definitely not my favorite Charlie Kaufman because nothing could be Synecdoche, New York, which is a gut punch of a film. Yes. Uh, when Marnie was there, we'll take the two spot of the remaining ones. I hadn't seen this one. What, what a strange film. And it reminded me a lot of Petit Moment. And if you've seen Petit Moment, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. If you haven't, see Petit Moment. It's so beautiful. And this film reminded me a lot of that. So, uh, see when Marnie was there. It's on HBO Max. It's really, it's a really sweet film. Uh, and my number one, Shaun the Sheep. It's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> uh, I cried as much in that movie as I did during Inside Out. <laughs> I That movie hits me emotionally in ways that I was not expecting Sean the Sheep to do. Not that Sean the Sheep can't, but they were cute little shorts that were based off of a character from a Wallace and Gromit short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was not expecting that movie to be so emotional, but it is. And it's beautiful. And um, <clears throat> while I think Inside Out is beautiful and perfect and wonderful. I would personally give Shaun the Sheep the award above this, but I think Inside Out is a more important film. Does anybody else want to keep saying Shaun of the Sheep? <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Some, sometimes. That's how I read it. Yeah. Or so, Shaun the Sheep the movie, but it's Shaun the Sheep movie. There is no the. Yeah. Well, there's one. <laughs> well that, yeah. Shaun Sheep movie. Shaun Sheep movie. Day. It feels like summer with you. All right. Well, Danny, our second question is, is this the worst best animated feature film? Absolutely not. All right. Do you possibly maybe know what you think is the worst best animated feature film? You know, I might need you to come back to me on that because I I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I, I need a second to think about that. Okay. We'll, <laughs> okay. we'll put you in the line there. Zach? Come, come back to me. <laughs> So I'm going to pull out one of the rare five stars for this pew, film. Pew, pew, pew. Wow. Five stars. And it's my number four. So my top row now on Letterboxd, I'm looking at Spirit Away, Wally, Incredibles, and then Inside Out. Those are my top four, all five stars. Well done. Uh, I, too, put it at number four. It Ray. just beat Wally. Hmm. So I think we have the same, if not the same order, but at least no, because I have Big Hero Six in them. You have Big Hero Six, yeah, and I had so, Wall- Wally just in front of it, yeah. So Paul, uh, I know, I know, we've we've only done how many now? Fifteen. Yep. So it's 15. it's not as impressive as it sounds, but I also had this at number four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now, now Zach and I have the same top four. Yeah, and they're all five stars. But I also have Big Hero Six and Rat Tatatatatui at five stars. Um, Those are both four and a half for me. So, uh, so I have Ratatouille at five stars. I also have Rakakuni at five stars. <laughs> uh, I might go watch that again tomorrow. Yeah. So no, not the worst. I have it. I have it squeezed in between Wally and Big Hero Six. Squeezed. Oh, I love Wally so much. It's good. so good. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I just I think. Because I, truthfully, I've never actually made it the entire way through the movie because I just couldn't, I couldn't Rango. was my worst. Hey, that's my go. worst too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my third worst. I, I, I mean, it's also my third worst. <clears throat> I didn't and hate I, it, but it was, I, it, it. I, I feel nothing for that movie. So <laughs> I've called it the worst because it elicited no emotion from me except for, <laughs> can Johnny Depp please disappear out of polite society? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I think that's probably part of it for me too. But also I just don't like, I don't know. There's just something about like the way that it, I, I just couldn't attach to it. And yeah, so I just walked yeah. away. Uh, weird hyper realism too. Yeah. It's a real mm-hmm. grimy movie. Grimy. Yeah. I have weird, I have weird rules about movies. Like I can't watch movies that primarily take place in deserts. Okay. I, I just, I fall asleep. <laughs> it could be the most interesting movie in the world, but if it takes place in a desert, like I'm, I'm falling asleep. So. Never watch Lords of Arabia. Yeah, no, exactly. trust me. Like my, cause my, again, my dad is like a movie snob. He's like, Oh, this is a movie. Like my dad tries to like school me on old movies all the time. And I'm like, dad, shut up. <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, he was trying to get me to watch that one. I'm like, dad, it's, there's like sand everywhere in that movie. I'm falling asleep Literally in five minutes. Everywhere. <laughs> sand in my eyes. Here comes yeah. the Sandman. Like, uh-uh. So I'm, I'm very particular about the types of movies I, I watch because if, if there's something about it, like, sensory-wise that I, I can't mm. – that I'm not down with, then now I, I can't watch it. And imagine Dune yeah. being somebody's go-to to go to sleep movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can't see the sand either. in that movie. That's, that's yeah. so fair. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> All right. Well, Danny, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. Thank you for yeah, having me. You. This is fun. Yeah, this was, you provided tons of insight. And very grateful. Thank you. And is there anything you'd like to plug for us today? Any socials? Anything going on? Um, I'm on I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Madre de Chats twenty two. Since I don't use my real name on the internet, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's that's where I post about random things. So that's about it. All right. Cool. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, and the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? you can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name. I'll quick note, I went back and I was able to watch um, Song of the Sea this week because I missed out on that. And I was so glad oh, I did that movie. So another good. another five-star masterpiece. So good. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Incredible. Don't watch while you're at work. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Mr. Workman. Uh, You can follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear on Twitter and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally. All the films that I watch, like I said, I didn't get to watch much this week, but I did go see Cocaine Bear. (laughs) That bear did a lot of cocaine. (laughs) That's literally the next movie I want to go watch. It's... (laughs) It's so much fun. Yeah, and then I need a fun movie. I just I want a fun movie to watch. So yeah, this is like you're you're not you're not going to get anything out of this movie that's going to make you think about anything other than a bear doing a lot of cocaine. <laughs> is this definitely another one of those movies where it does what it says on the box? It does what it says on the box. It it is. There is no false advertising. Hooray! Uh, they some of the characters have stories, but they don't matter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not here for them we're here for the bear you're like i love you alden Reich, but i really don't need to hear about your dead wife just run from a, a bear hopped up on cocaine that's <laughs> and then finding out like halfway through the movie that uh the bear's female uh made me realize that cocaine bear and megan are the new peak feminism yes more of this <laughs> let's go i just want ladies killing people all over my movies <laughs> There you go. <laughs> About it. Uh, and then uh, me and me and Joseph Tapia watched Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> oh, God. God. It's the worst movie ever made. It's bad. Oh, like, it's bad. And I love Tom Green, but that is literally my least favorite. Like, I hate that movie with a passion that burns. My uh, my letterbox review on this was this is the weirdest of the Elm Street reboots. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Hey, Zach, what are we watching next week? Well, get out your fursuits. We're watching Zootopia, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Redbox, Voodoo, YouTube, or stream on Disney+. Plus. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And once again, Danny, thank you for joining us here on the podcast. We'd also like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter 
and Instagram at OscarWorthyPod. And on Facebook at the OscarWorthy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Five stars. Please don't make us bring out the anger. So, four. Four. Jonathan, Zach, and star of Sharknado 2, Richard Kind. We'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>